certain age groups will have different uh, different uh, pop culture that they like to reference. And a lot of times I don't know that ahead of time. So if I'm in a one-on-one um, session with an athlete or even uh, someone who's not an athlete and is getting help for OCD, depression, anxiety, something else, um, a lot of times I will ask them, um, you know, what their favorite movie is, what their favorite TV show is, who do they admire? And then one that can be really good for building rapport, helping people feel comfortable and just start opening up. And then two, it it gives you um, kind of a shared language where someone might um, um, someone might really like Star Wars, and then now all of a sudden you have some kind of shared language where you can talk about the dark side or um, you can talk about who their favorite character is and then ask them what they admire about that character. Um, how does that character handle certain problems and um, and what that individual has learned from that character? And then we can apply that to their actual daily life and they can use those same values and those same um character traits or skills to to handle just whatever whatever they're facing whether it's in sport school work or personal relationships hi everyone welcome to open mind night a show that talks about everything mental health and mental illness related I am your host, Robin Tamanaha, licensed marriage and family therapist. Joining me on this episode is my guest, Dr. Jason Von Steets. He is a clinical and sports psychologist in group practice at the CBT Center of Southern California. He specializes in OCD, insomnia, and sports psychology. He has provided team building and mental health skills training for collegiate athletes elite ballerinas, and the U.S. national sumo wrestling team. He is a member of the International OCD Foundation's Anxiety and Athletes in Athletes Task Force and the co-chair of the Los Angeles County Psychological Association Sports Psychology Special Interest Group. Yay! Hi! <laughs> Hi, uh, th- thank you for all that. I feel, uh, feel pumped up and excited now. Yeah, it's so cool. Sumo wrestling team. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people don't even know that we have a team. It's a growing sport, but uh, yeah, it's very entertaining. It's it's a great sport to be a part of and to, to help out. I got to check that out. I love that. It's funny because my, uh, my grandmother watches it on um, NHK, but more in Japan. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know we had one. So now I'm going to check that out after this. That's so neat. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here. I'm super excited. Um, I know you have a lot of different specialties, but um, what I'd really like us to talk about and what I'm curious about is sports psychology. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners, can you describe and kind of explain what sports psychology is? Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. So sports psychology, um, you know, the definition that APA Division 47 gives is helping athletes and performers to perform in the upper range of their abilities and to enjoy their sport or or their art more. Um, So we help athletes to perform under pressure, to um, deal with the spotlight, deal with anxiety, deal with everything they need to deal with, and then perform 
uh, you know, to the best of their abilities in, in any given situation and hopefully to enjoy it too. Cause it's, you know, uh, athletes can perform very well in, and not necessarily enjoy it. So sometimes we're focusing more on that, that enjoyment part and motivation rather than strictly performance. That's so fascinating. I think that's really mm-hmm. important. And you know, and how it could come up, especially for like collegiate athletes mm-hmm. too, like the pressure, mm-hmm. you have an audience, um, you know, I can't even imagine. So question, um, I know there's a lot of, you know, media films sure. and all that, you know, mm-hmm. out there. I saw season one of Mandalorian. I still got to see season two, um, but I love mm-hmm. that. So how does, um, how does sports psychology come up or how is it kind of more demonstrated in say like pop culture media or like films? Right. Right. And, and that is a passion of mine to uh, look at movies, look at TV shows, this kind of pop culture and, uh, and show and, and look at how mental health and sports psychology is, is demonstrated in those uh, uh, TV shows or, or movies. And um, you mentioned uh, Mandalorian, for example. Um, so, um, and, and I won't spoil too, I won't spoil anything, but if we look at Mandalorian, it's a really entertaining show about, uh, you know, uh, a, a person who's in this warrior class, this, this tribe of warriors called Mandalorians. And um, they have like a, a religion and a way of life that is all based off of this, kind of martial life or this warrior spirit and um and mandalorian is also a bounty hunter so he goes out and captures fugitives and brings them back for a reward and um and this character uh the mandalorian he um he lives off of a code the the mandalorian's code and he follows the bounty hunter's code so he has these strict rules that he lives by and uh, hopefully rules are, are based off of some kind of value uh, so he's a bounty hunter so he hopefully he values justice and he's capturing these people who have done these these um these bad things in, in in theory and he's a mandalorian so he values this kind of martial way of life um and sometimes um, rules aren't necessarily um, in alignment with values. So in season one, he captures, uh, you know, what people call Baby Yoda, this very cute green um, 50-year-old uh, baby character. And um, he has this crisis where he realizes that if he follows the the code of the bounty hunters and brings in this this uh, cute adorable baby yoda to the people who put a bounty on his head then he's not he's not really living his values that's more of just a, a rigid rule that he's following so he has he has this crisis and then he have, he ends up going back on on his his bounty hunter code and he frees baby yoda and and kind of adopts him into his tribe because there's the mandalorian um code or values where you know you you save children and you call them foundlings and then you take care of them and you bring them into your to your tribe and then there's the bounty hunter code where you bring in some fugitive and get the reward and don't ask any questions so he 
he breaks the the rules of the bounty hunter and then throughout the rest of the season and in the other seasons i won't spoil anything but he slowly lives more and more based off of his values and he slowly breaks more and more rigid rules and if we relate that to mental health people are going to find more meaning in their life if they're living based off of their values instead of rigid rules like you know you must do this you must get married at a certain age you must you know do these certain things and instead focus on the actual values and meaning that you find and then we know from sports psychology that athletes perform their best when they're focusing on value-driven behavior because that's going to help them to do all the little things that will lead to success like going to practice consistently um, you know stretching out getting a good warm-up getting good nutrition, being a good teammate. When you're focused on values, you do all those little things that are going to add up to better performance, which will then give you the best chance of getting the outcome that you want. That is so fascinating. And I, mm-hmm. and when I reflect back on, um, I used to watch a lot of like more superhero stuff mm-hmm. and like the values conflict mm-hmm. and how much that actually came up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. And so we combine the two like mental health, you know, sports psychology, kind of more pop culture. Are there like, you know, when it comes to, you know, working with, you know, clients from, you know, the athletes Mm -hmm. even, um, are there certain like favorite like movies or like media types that tend to be like super helpful? There, (laughs) uh, there, there can be, um, Whatever is popular, and then certain age groups will have different uh, different uh, pop culture that they like to reference. And a lot of times, I don't know that ahead of time. So if I'm in a one-on-one um, session with an athlete, or even uh, someone who's not an athlete and is getting help for OCD, depression, anxiety, something else, um, a lot of times I will ask them um, you know, what their favorite movie is, what their favorite TV show is. Who do they admire? And then one that can be really good for building rapport, helping people feel comfortable and just start opening up. And then two, it it gives you um, kind of a shared language where someone might... Um, um, someone might really like Star Wars and then now all of a sudden you have some kind of shared language where you can talk about the dark side or... Um, you can talk about who their favorite character is and then ask them what they admire about that character. Um, how does that character handle certain problems and um, and what that individual has learned from that character? And then we can apply that to their actual daily life and they can use those same values and those same um character traits or skills to to handle just whatever whatever they're facing whether it's in sport school work or personal relationships i think that's really neat i think you and you reminded me of um many years ago um i had a client uh who's wonderful and we actually i found out that um one of his favorite shows was the flash actually mm-hmm. and we actually use that a lot in session mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. the values and behaviors and also it's interesting to like kind of explore what it, what it was about the flash mm-hmm. that he had resonated with it why like 
that was like his favorite show and favorite superhero. I had a different one who, this isn't more, this isn't sports, more like magical, but like actually got into Harry Potter because of a client that I had. Right. And we used a lot of the metaphors even in that mm -hmm. in session. So it was a really, it was a really cool tool to use. And you're right, how to apply it to like, you know, present, but also mm -hmm. future. Mm -hmm. right. right, exactly. And it gives you kind of a shorthand because uh, you can just say, well, I, I wish I could come up with a Harry Potter reference. Uh, I'm, I'm not that familiar. But if we're talking about uh, Mandalorian or something, we could say this is the way. And then the, char the, the character, the client is going to know right away what that means. And uh, and will feel inspired maybe and maybe even laugh because it, it can be fun. But it gives you that shorthand where right away, okay, that's the roadmap. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, being that you, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. like I mentioned, you, you work with the, you know, collegiate athletes. Um, it, does it, what does it look like and more with like the team? Like, would you also use it like not just with like a, you know, mm -hmm. solo individual, uh, but also like with the team themselves? We could, we could. Um, so I do a lot of uh, team bonding. When I work with uh, collegiate athletes or, or when I work with the, an entire team um, and um, uh, so it, it can be helpful to to draw from them what uh, what inspires them, uh, what uh, what they've learned lessons from. Uh, one of the things that I'll, I'll do with uh, with teams is something called improv comedy. Uh, so if you've ever seen this, the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, improv comedy is like a, a type of theater where uh, you uh, play games where you don't learn the rules until until that very moment. And then you, you play this game and um, it can be silly, it can be goofy, people can feel kind of cringy, uh, but you need to just be in the moment, think on your feet, have all those embarrassing feelings, and then just do whatever you need to do anyway, focus on your task anyway. And athletes perform their best when they're focused on the task. And it would be great if uh, people could feel really relaxed, feel really calm uh, while they're performing. But that's not really going to be the case, uh, in especially in a really important competition, like a competition that comes once a year, once every four years. People are going to feel nervous. They're going to have trouble sleeping the night before. When it comes time to actually compete, they're probably going to feel shaky. So if they can have all of those feelings and um, focus on the task anyway, that's going to then give them the best chance to perform their best. And one of the things that we'll do is bring in pop culture into uh, the improv comedy games where, um, you know, one example could be someone's giving a press conference. So we might have one athlete up in front of the whole team and the rest of the team will know who the athlete is supposed to be and why they're giving the press conference. But the athlete themselves doesn't know who they are or who um, or why they're giving the press conference. So I might tell the team, okay, this person's going to be um, Iron Man and he's giving a press conference because he's the new head coach of, of this team. Okay, you know, bring him up 
go. And then the rest of the team is asking him questions, you know, like, uh, how does it feel to be the head coach of this team? Oh, oof, that would be too, too on the nose. But they, they would be asking these different questions, kind of alluding to that person being Iron Man and being the head coach. And then that person needs to stand there, answer the questions, have everybody on the team staring at him, probably laughing and, um, and then just feel the pressure, think on their feet and do their best. Uh, so there's all kinds of ways we can incorporate pop culture or, or anything. It, it might be that there's someone that the whole team knows and then I bring that person, I have them kind of role play as that person. You know, maybe it's a parent of one of the players or the equipment manager or, um, you know, just anybody that somebody might know, and then they're going to kind of role play as as that person during a, a pretend uh, press conference. So it's essentially in a way you're saying to to kind of like activate that those emotions. Right, right. Bring up strong emotions and then focus on the task anywhere. Be be in the present moment anyway. Yeah. Oh my, that sounds really cool. And like mm-hmm. a really, really must be very, very interesting to watch as well. Mm-hmm. I loved Whose Line Is It Anyway? That was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. And I was always so amazed because that that that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. And then then they were doing it in front of an audience. It was hilarious. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're kind of just on a whim. I don't know, you know, what's going on or what I'm going to be asked to do. Mm-hmm. It's just like, boom, you go. You have like a split second. Right, right. And I'll even tell them, uh, make sure they they understand um, this isn't to be funny. This isn't to get really good at improv. If you don't win the game, don't worry about it. But what you're practicing is feeling all that pressure and then just doing your best anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are there other um, maybe like common common issues like athletes may go through that may... Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, injuries, um, performance anxiety, um, hoping to get, um, you know, a, a starting position, fighting to maintain a fight, a starting position. And something that I've learned more recently, is, um, you know, working with athletes, because I competed in, in, in sports, but that was decades ago. So now um, it's it's a different world now. And one of the things that uh, collegiate athletes and and lots of athletes deal with is this new type of heckling where people in the stands will google search them um, find out uh, look at their social media maybe get a look at their boyfriend or girlfriend or just things in their personal lives and then just start heckling them from the stands based off of that personal information um so if you're not ready for that, that can be really jarring. Um, so that's that's a whole new level of heckling than I was used to uh, when when I was a high school and community college athlete. So I will incorporate that into the activities we do. Uh, well, one improv comedy is just very challenging to begin with, but then we'll also do other exercises where maybe they need to focus on some kind of task, and then we'll have someone heckling them as they're doing it or just trying to distract them 
or making them laugh or whatever it might be. And then they need to deal with all those distractions or maybe personal comments if the person knows them and is heckling them, you know, as a teammate, as a friend, helping them, but still possibly saying some some personal things. And they need to just deal with that and then focus anyway, because that's going to happen in a game. And it's probably not going to be as nice when when those other people do it. Oh my, I never thought of that, but that's true. That's a whole nother level of trying to throw somebody off their game and distract them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So whether it be individually or maybe like you said, with like more the team building, like what does the timeline look like if somebody like either individually or maybe in the team setting, you know, they, you know, you come in and you're, you know, you're working with them. What does that timeline look like? Like, how does that like last? Is it kind of more yeah. here and there or what, what do they expect yeah. from that? Yeah, it, it really depends. Um, so um, like anything, like any skill that you need to learn and work on, the more consistently you work on it, the more time, the better. Um, and then sometimes um, a team will have, resources and the coach the head coach will really value the mental side of competition and that coach might me come might have me come in on a weekly or bi-weekly basis uh, uh, sometimes like I, I've been kind of embedded with teams where I'm there often observing a practice people can talk to me if they want um uh, maybe I, I've even had times when I've been kind of like a station where maybe a softball player would practice hitting and then go practice fielding and then co- come talk to me for a little bit. Uh, and then other times it might be a one-off where maybe there's a specific issue uh, a coach is noticing that the players are going through and then they have me come in and talk about that and give them something to think about, give them an exercise to do. Uh, so it really just just varies. Um, it could look lots of different ways. I, I would say the the more the better. Um, just like anything, like if we were talking about strength and conditioning, and you know you work on back squat once, eh, you know maybe that'll help a little bit, and you can keep working it on on your own. But if you consistently work on your back squat, you know, once a week, twice a week for months, then that's going to give you the real benefit. Yeah. That's so interesting. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different options as mm-hmm. far as like frequency and length of time and um, different strategies and whether it's solo or for the team, depending on even what's maybe happening or has happened. Sounds right. like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, is there anything I didn't ask about that you want to talk about or you want the listeners to know about? Hmm. Yeah. Well, Mandalorian is a great show, so check that out. Um, um, yeah, even if it's recommendations on like mm-hmm. some really cool examples of like, you know, sports psychology, there's Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mandalorian, then Boba Fett. They did that, uh, and the Mandalorian supposed to come out again, pretty maybe in a year. I don't know. I, I, I lose track of time, so, so <laughs> I'm going to recommend that. And then also another thing to just be aware of. Um, so there's the uh, the performance side of sports psychology, and then also athletes are human and they get depressed. They have OCD. 
they uh, they get insomnia um, and then that could impact their performance and it could be really helpful to work on those things or maybe they're kind of powering through the depression and, and performing great anyway but it's still really helpful to to work on that depression um, whether or not it's impacting performance so there is the mental health side of uh, sports psychology and that's that's really important and there have been a lot of high level athletes taking a mental health day and bringing awareness to athlete mental health and i think that is having a a good impact on younger athletes and just athletics as as a field in general yeah i'm glad you highlighted that the mental health and like you know depression or anxiety component because you're right mm -hmm. um you know they're not exempt from that a question um, when it comes to like athletes and like anxiety, mm -hmm. is that like not uncommon? I know like I've heard and I'm not an athlete. I have a sure. family member who's a coach and all that, mm -hmm. um, but kind of like the, um, almost like superstitions or I got to do this a certain mm -hmm. way. I don't know if there's any sort of link with anxiety mm -hmm. and like athletes when it comes to like kind of that like so maybe some of the rigidity sure sure yeah i'm i'm not i'm not sure what the statistics would say uh but it does seem like it's uh it's not uncommon and there's not very many studies on ocd and and uh, athletes but there is uh there is at least one study that i could think of and um I, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong, but it said something like, I think uh, maybe in the general population, uh, OCD might have a prevalence rate of something like 2, 2.5%. And then among athletes, at least in this study, it was found that the prevalence rate was something like 5%. Uh, so it could be that athletes have OCD at double the rate of the general population. Um, and then uh, there's superstitions or, or kind of rituals that anyone might do. And then there's OCD, like mm -hmm. where someone's doing an actual compulsion or, or mm -hmm. an OCD ritual. Um, and there's not that much awareness about it. And then I am on the International OCD Foundation's uh, athletes or anxiety and athletes task force. And that is one of the things that we're working on, just building awareness, um, having information and resources available for coaches, family members, athletes themselves, and letting them know what's, what's going on. Cause uh, even if you're not an athlete, OCD can um, go on for years without anybody realizing it. Cause Maybe they're embarrassed and they don't say anything, or maybe um, they're getting help, but their primary care doctor doesn't know about OCD or their therapist uh, doesn't know about OCD. Um, so it can, it can just kind of uh, go on for a while untreated. So yeah, so just building that awareness and then and then having a resource for athletes with OCD or high anxiety in general um, is, is really helpful. And that's, that's something we're working on. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm glad that um that's kind of being looked at. That's something I've always been curious about when it comes to like athletes, yeah. you know, and, and even with um, OCD, like, 
I mean, I'm probably gonna get the numbers wrong too, but I believe it's what, like sometimes up to 17 years, 10 to 17 years yeah. before they're actually diagnosed. And mm -hmm. like you said, maybe cause you know, I'm not talking about it unaware or um, maybe providers not being super familiar because right. there's so many different over like, I don't know what, like a dozen or so different subtypes mm -hmm. of OCD, you know? So I yeah. always feel like statistics are always like way lower, I feel like than what's actually right. happening. And, and then, um, you know, even with OCD, I feel like there may be those that may not even know that they have some mm -hmm. symptoms, right. you know? So that'd be interesting too, if like there's more research on that and specifically athletes, I think that'd be really fascinating actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for, uh, for doing this. This was so cool and fun to talk <laughs> about, um, for the listeners, if they want to like, find out more about you, is there anywhere they could go or any way to like, maybe get in touch if they had questions? Sure. sure yeah. Um, so the website for the group practice is cbtsocal.com. And then we have social, we have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at CBT SoCal. And then my Twitter and Instagram or is uh, or, uh, at CBT Sports Psych. So you can follow me there, look me up, send me a message. And um, I'm going to be starting my own podcast uh, pretty soon. It's not up and running yet, but hopefully I'll get there soon. And it's, it's called uh, Movie House Sports Psychology. I'm going to be talking about uh, movies, TV shows, through the lens of mental health and sports psychology. Psychology. I know you're very busy. If you want to come on sometime, that would be yeah. great. We could talk about your favorite movie and, uh, and have fun. Have fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put um, the links and like the handles that you sure. mentioned. I'll put it on the show notes. I know we're doing this recording a little bit early. We're still in the summertime right now. So mm -hmm. um, if your podcast is up by then, then the listeners definitely check it out. And I'll put the, I'll put the link in the show notes too, if it happens to be up around mm -hmm. like the fall. Um, but yeah, and I'd love to be on that. I'm so excited as a podcaster. I'm so excited for you that you're doing a <laughs> podcast. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. It's really, really neat. Well, again, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it was a pleasure having you on. My pleasure too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was informative or helpful. If you think this episode may be helpful to others that you know, be sure to share this episode with them. The resources mentioned and the contact information for today's guest are listed in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating. If you would like to stay up to date, please subscribe to this podcast and follow the podcast Instagram at OpenMindNightPod. Also, this podcast is not psychotherapy or counseling. If you need to speak with a professional, you should find one local to you and contact them directly. If this is an emergency, please call your local emergency number or go to your nearest emergency department.